Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Mission Matters. My name is Adam Torres, and if you'd like to apply to be a guest on the show, just head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. All right, so today I have Ken Goldberg on the line, and he is founder of DSC Trading. Ken, welcome to the show. Okay, great to be here finally. All right, Ken. So uh, this episode has been a long time coming. Um, I'm excited to announce you as a new author in our upcoming Business Leader Series book and also a new podcast host on the network as well. So we have we have a whole lot of things to talk about. Um, and of course, we'll talk about uh, DSC trading and the work you're doing there in your background. Um, but before we get into all that, we'll start this episode the way that we start them all with our Mission Matters Minute. So, Ken, we at Mission Matters amplify stories for entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. That's our mission. Ken, what mission matters to you? Mm, there are many, but uh, let's talk about the one that I've uh, really begun to focus on, which is helping people make more informed, less emotional, better objective decisions about their money. You know, it's about making money and making friends for me at this time uh, in my life. It's about relationships. Yeah, it's great. And I love bringing mission-based individuals on the show to share why they do what they do, how how they're doing it, right? Because we all want to learn and grow um, together. So great to have you on. And uh, for the audience, just to let you know, this is the first interview of a two-part series. We'll be bringing Ken back on the show to do a deep dive into his, into his book and into the writing. Um, but for today, we're just going to do a little teaser, but we'll be bringing Ken back on and do a whole episode on it. So um, first off, Ken, so the upcoming Mission Matters book that you'll be part of, um, what inspired your your writing and your topic in this volume? Well, I've spent the last three plus decades now leveling the playing field, helping people understand the game that we all think is fair. But as you know, it's only fair if you're at the top of the pyramid us guys down at the bottom, it's just not fair. So uh, my goal is to uh, kind of uncover the myths and the fallacies and tell people, show people how they can uh, know when the game's being run on them yeah. and uh, do better. So uh, speaking of your past, I mean, let's go further back into your career. So, so how did you get started in business? Well, I was a uh, psychology major in college and uh, did some work in uh, manipulating eyewitness testimony, which mm. was fun. But that led me to kind of know I wasn't going to be a psychologist um, mm. professionally. And so I uh, decided to slip in a quick minor in business and went on to work for, you know, then powerhouse investment bank Drexel Burnham at their heyday. Yeah. And uh, that was the beginning of really seeing where my focus was and my passion was. And so in my mind, I see, first off, for those of you that are maybe newer to the show, you may not know this, but uh, so my background's in finance, almost 14 years in finance as an advisor and other things. And so I think that just the financial industry as a whole is a great place um, for for individuals to be. I mean, a lot of really like, you know, thoughtful individuals that want to do good work for their clients in that industry. So Ken, I'd be interested to hear your perspective, you know, for that that newer, let's just say just graduating college or that that fresh group of, you know, workforce that are thinking about getting their feet wet in, in the business in general, it could be on the money management side or the, you know, working directly with client side. Um, what kind of things would you tell them about getting started? Like what would be some reason? 
Uh, well, you know, it's a great industry and there's unlimited upside if you want to work hard. If you're into serving people, you can do that. I really found that my background in psychology allowed me to understand people, um, not only uh, what people told me, but what they were really thinking yeah. kind of behind the face, behind the eyes. And uh, that really led to my success. And then as I wanted to go deeper and learn more about risk management, um, I left and went to the um, exchange floors of Chicago and, and really learned the mechanics of the markets. Once I did that, I could then come back into the public eye and uh, do a better explanation of uh, mm -hmm. what people should be looking at, but also really emphasize on the risk management because we can all make money, but keeping money is a harder thing. Yeah. And so at what point, like one of the things that has kind of stuck out as I've gotten to know you better is that is your, your focus on content on adding value and you like, and the, the amount of content you put out and the quality of content that you put out, by the way, is, I don't know if that was intuitive to you or like where you're, cause I now, and I'll, I'll tell you where I'm going with this. A lot of people in finance, so myself included, before I was in the media business, I was not thinking about necessarily, I was thinking about my clients, my book of business, my, you know, the people that I'm working with directly on a day to day. Um, but I wasn't really thinking about putting content out there to help the masses or to make sure, like you said, that um, the people that are, you know, at the other spectrums of the pyramid have a fair shot at their investments and at hitting their goals and what matters to them. On your end, what really just struck me is since I've gotten to know you is that um, you've been producing content, you've understood the idea of putting out like value into the universe and on the finance side, using your expertise for a long time. Like, how did that come about to you? Like, where did that start? Well, it was rough because I, I was never a public speaker. I feared <laughs> it, you know, nauseous level having to do something <laughs> at the front of the class. Yeah. And kind of when day trading started in the late 90s, and then after you know a, a decade and a half of uh, being an investment manager and getting to know people, learning how to present to them, I just realized that it was time for me to hit the road and go around the country and teach people how to protect their themselves and their money rather yeah. rather than just get on these machines and start banging money around. Mm -hmm. um, most people didn't do well, so. You know, 35 years in the business, hundreds of thousands of dollars of trial and error. I've got a lot of lessons under my belt that you shouldn't have to learn all of them yourself. If I can you know, show you, definitely don't go down there. That's a bad road. Don't open that door. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Let's go down there. We can do that together. You know, so uh, I figure I might as well share this stuff. Mm hmm. I mean, I, I love this idea of like, and, and I see this theme overall. So of moving maybe from competition to collaboration, like that's one of our big things and mottos at, at Admission Matters. And just, it's something that's done just very well for me in my life in terms of, I just, it's just a better quality of living, like collaborating, being with other people and uh, that are like-minded or that you can learn from. So this, this idea of you kind of taking your knowledge and sharing it with others so that they can benefit to me, it's a big deal. A lot of people don't, don't take that extra step. And I think it's just lo lost resource, lost things. I mean, I I've had some people that say, okay, the knowledge goes with you to the grave or this or that. And I don't like to be that morbid with it, but but it is true in a sense. It's like if you don't find the ways to to add value or to add to that collective, um, then it's just it's just a wasted resource, right? 
Yeah, you know, I've ruined many uh, exotic vacations because <laughs> I didn't think that I could let go of, of trading. I, I traded yeah. 18 hours a day overnight, you know, you're wow. all, all of the different markets around the planet mm -hmm. and would be up at 3 a.m. in Maui, you know, trading when I should be sleeping so I could go hit the beach and surf or whatever. So at, at some point, it was yeah. when I had my kids, really, that I decided that, you know, that that's just not what I'm here to, to do. Yeah. I'm here to be their father, you know, the right type of husband, the right type of uh, son to my parents, and the right type of friend to my friends. And 18 hours a day, it didn't feel right anymore. And mm -hmm. so I stopped doing that and went down this other road of helping and sharing and coaching people who oftentimes, you know, don't have as much experience, even though they have a lot of money. Mm. Great. I want to shift focus here for a moment. Uh, let's go further into DSC trading. So maybe just tell us a little bit more about the company, please. Yeah. So uh, DSC trading comes out of this um, decision support engine, basically these algorithms that I've developed over the years that is like a checklist uh, for a pilot. You know, most pilots don't just walk down the pathway turn on the engine and take off. They walk around, they check the tires, where's my fuel, what are my flaps doing, whether the, right? They, they don't even consider taking their action until they've checked it out. Mm -hmm. So the DSE I built in order to help customers, clients, traders, investors have a process before they push the button, you know, like buying Bitcoin at 69,000. A lot of people thought that was a good idea, but they didn't check their checklist. Had they done so, had they consulted something like the DSE, it would have been clear that that was not the right action at that time. Mm -hmm. So the DSE is here and I am here to use it to help people um, speculate better, manage risk far better and um, achieve the outcomes that they're looking for. What types of uh, individuals do you find get the, you know, the most value out of working with you and your team? So is this for like people that are really experienced or people that have no experience? Is there like a middle ground? Like give us a little bit of a, of a flavor of like what it's like to work with you and your team. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure you remember that it doesn't matter if you're just starting out or mm -hmm. have a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. We're human. We make the same mistakes no matter our income level. Oh, yeah. And the reason is that we all have this thing called an ego, mm -hmm. where when it goes right, we think we did it all. And <laughs> when it goes wrong, we got to blame somebody. Yeah. And so I've helped and trained and coached so many people that mm -hmm. if I talk to someone for 15 or 20 minutes, mm -hmm. I can tell them what mistakes they're about to make and how many times they're going to have to make them mm -hmm. before they learn the lesson. So, you know, I've got clients that call me from their private jet. I've got clients that call me from their job and mm -hmm. everyone in between. It just depends on someone's openness to using a perspective or paradigm that mm -hmm. they're not getting really in the media. Everything mm -hmm. that we do is, is crowd behavior, uh, mm -hmm. mood based. If you think of it like this, you know how a pendulum works, right? The pendulum swings yep. this way to that way. Mm -hmm. And we have mania and depression. And the pendulum never goes from mania down and then back to mania and then down, right? It goes all the way back and forth. And so does the crowd. So does our collective unconsciousness about everything. So, for instance, sometimes we like short skirts. 
-hmm. Sometimes we like long, long skirts. Mm -hmm. What determines that? Well, it, it's not Versace. Yeah. The mood of the fashionistas, the buyers. Sometimes mm -hmm. we like eating in restaurants. Sometimes we like to go. Sometimes we like crypto. Sometimes we like NFTs. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. We like it together. There's a saying, I can't remember who said it, but um, that most people would rather uh, go broke in a crowd than be successful by themselves. Yeah. We're, we're pack animals. So the, I mean, the lenses that you see the world in to me are interesting because it's definitely, you're a trader. Like it, it comes through it. I mean, it's obvious in this interview. Can you maybe give us some insight into just the, the logic behind some of the, maybe the behavioral finance, if that's the word I want to use or we should use them, but, but just the logic behind the methodologies that go into how decision-making can be made in, in an investment strategy versus maybe sometimes how it is made. And I know that's a little bit of a generalization, but you know where I'm going with that. Like there's two different ways to think on this. Yeah. So most of us are taught um, as both uh, financial professionals and clients, we're taught to, you know, watch earnings and seek market penetration and things like that. But in fact, that's one of the fallacies that we uncover. And that is that earnings drive stock price movement. Yeah. Well, we, we think that if earnings go up, price goes up. Yet, how many times have we seen a company announce uh, good earnings and the price goes down? Mm -hmm. it, it's it's coin toss. It's 50-50. Mm -hmm. So therefore, if it's 50-50, then earnings as an indicator is a bad one. Mm -hmm. It's not correlated. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. However, what we found through uh, looking at the data going back 300 years of stock price uh, movement mm -hmm. is that the crowd's mood, their sentiment, how they feel determines stock price movement. So mm -hmm. if we're comfortable in our job, we're making money, our marriage or relationships are good, our dog isn't, you know, doing his business on the carpet, all that kind of stuff. If life is good, we're in a good mood. So we all together uh, buy stocks. Mm -hmm. And when things are bad, when pandemics are rolling around the world or, or interest rates are skyrocket or whatever, we're in a, a, a less good mood. And as a crowd, we are more depressed. And so mm -hmm. stock prices go down. And so if we learn to open our mind to seeing that picture, it causes us to be able to think, mm -hmm. was 69,000 really such a good price for Bitcoin? And I use yeah. that because it's a recent extreme and many, many people around the world are absolutely buried in crypto. Mm -hmm. Not even a year Ago, all time high, and here they are buried. I mean, multiple uh, crypto banks are going broke by the week, and we're not done. It's not over, right? Yeah. The leverage isn't unfolded yet. So it's a perspective that you have to be willing to adopt. And it, mm -hmm. and once you do, it offers a way to view everything mm -hmm. from the perspective of is this the right time for that action? Mm -hmm. So you mentioned crypto a few times, so I just want to um, make sure I understand this correctly. So what what kind of um, markets does the DSC trading methodology or method like what what kind of things can you can you like work well, with for that? Yeah. So anything that anything that's liquid mm -hmm. and is graphable because yeah. um, the DSC looks for the footprint of the crowd's behavior. So it, it sees um, a particular chart pattern, which is a lot of the stuff I post uh, in Mission Matters, sees a pattern, and then it looks back over 300 years of history, and it says, oh, yeah, that pattern consistently leads to this coming 
um, outcome. Mm. So then we, we get a probability ranking of, okay, if that happens over history and this follows, then there's a good chance it's going to follow again. Mm-hmm. And so then you can set up your play, you know, should I be buying or should I be selling or should I be waiting? Mm-hmm. And that's really where our work differs from most others. Mm-hmm. That's great. And I, I just wanted to bring that up because I know you mentioned crypto a couple of times and I'm like, you know, but it, it's bigger than that. Not obviously that is that's top of mind. That's what's going on right now. But um, and we'll continue. I'm not saying it's going anywhere. I uh, don't don't want any of those quotes out there. But um, <laughs> but I did want to say that, you know, it's it's kind of I see a lot of value in it and I see a lot of value and the potential for those that are especially not making the right types of decisions or don't, especially those that don't have help or don't have uh, a a way to, to like really vet what they're being told um, versus off of something else. Because I think a lot of times what just as the industry as a whole or what, whoever communicates this message, I'm not saying it's the advisors, I'm not saying it's the investor, but just the machine of investment. Sometimes people don't realize that they're products, right? A mutual fund is a product. A stock is, is, a, is a form of investing and is a product. Crypto, it's a product. And just like you would think about what you're investing in as a product in different ways, um, the vehicle may also change. And so as we look at all of this, um, I think it's important and I think it's interesting to have a methodology that can, that can you know, evaluate across different products. You're not just looking at a mutual fund. You're not just looking at a stock. You're looking at the behavior of all of a bunch of different industries. So I think oh, it's and, unique. And to circle back to your question, what markets does the DSC apply to? Stocks, mm-hmm. bonds, commodities, yep. Yeah. Metals, crypto, real estate, you know, interest rates, mm-hmm. uh, crude oil. It, it doesn't matter if it's liquid yeah. and graphable. We can come up with a, a forecast, yeah. usually a series of probability rankings. It never comes up with this is the answer. It often comes up with this is the highest probability that's mm-hmm. going to come next. This is the second. Yeah. This is the third. And then as an investor, you can plan. Maybe you want to put a little money into each of yeah. the three highest probability outcomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So shifting focus slightly here, um, but I, I'm excited about it because this this is the type of um, like conversation that you're having all the time, and I'm I'm just excited to talk about it. So um, your new podcast. I mean, when I was you know when it was announced, I should say that you would be a host on our network. I was just like, oh come on! I'm like uh, I'm in number one. I can't wait to to see. And, and for all of our, our audience to also benefit from your knowledge and, you know, the many years that you've had um, doing what you do. And also for the, the type of guests that you may choose to bring on as well. I think it's just going to be a great value add. Let's go into like, what's your concept and idea for the type of content that you'd like to put out on your show? Yeah, thanks for asking. So uh, Leveling the Playing Field is the title of the podcast. And that really comes from... In 1999, I was on CNBC and Tyler Matheson asked me, you know, Ken, it looks like you're leveling the playing field for day traders. And I, at that time, I was introducing uh, a uh, very kind of uh, beginning version of the DSE, and he just loved it. I thought that I should call the podcast that because it's been so long now and I've seen it with so many people in so many different aspects of life that leveling the playing field applies to a lot of things. For instance, mm-hmm. uh, my latest podcast deals with um, a guy who's changing the way the foster care system works. And yeah. it's the numbers are obvious that there's a difference. I want to bring on people that are, are leveling the playing field and changing their, their industry and, and 
many aspects of life, you know, um, marriage counseling, you know, child rearing, yeah. dog training. If you're, if you've got a better uh, cupcake, I want to mm. taste it basically. <laughs> oh, I like that one. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I must be hungry. <laughs> I was just going to say, I like that one too, though. I'm in. And so, I, I mean, I just think it's it's going to be a hit. Like, I'm excited. I'm excited to promote it. I'm excited to tell everybody that I'll listen um, to subscribe, of course, because uh, I just I just know you're going to put out great content. You do great. You do quality work. I've been watching it for a while. Um, so I have to say, um, Ken, it's been awesome having you on the show. We got a lot more coming on. We'll be bringing you back, of course, for a return uh, follow-up interview. We'll, we'll do a deep dive into your writing, of course, in the, in the upcoming um, Business Leaders book series. Um, but I, I'll say for now, um, what's next? I mean, what's next for you? What's next for uh, DSC Trading? Um, what, what's on the agenda? Uh, well, I want to help more people. You know, I, I use the DSC algorithms to uh, mm-hmm. enter and win a trading contest at the World Championships of Trading uh, in 2007. Probably won't do that again. I've, I've used it in a couple of hedge funds that I started and sold. Mm-hmm. I don't really see that as my passion anymore. I really want to use um, understanding crowd dynamics and uh, sentiment and hurting behavior to uh, help different fields. I'm, I'm consulting to attorneys now. Um, I'm helping uh, entrepreneurs and, and uh, business owners plan out, you know, the next, what, what it might look like three to five years from now in their yeah. in the industry. So that really excites me a lot. It's great. And uh, if somebody wants to follow up and learn more about DSC Trade in order to connect with you, um, what's the best way for them to do that? You can email me at ken at dsctrading.com. You can go to dsctrading.com. There's some social media links that we'll post here and I'm here to help. Fantastic. And we'll put all that information in the show notes so that our audience can just uh, click on the link and head right on over. And uh, don't forget, subscribe to uh, Leveling the Playing Field. We'll leave the links to that. And of course, that's on missionmatters.com. So definitely want to check that out. And uh, speaking of the audience, if this is your first time uh, engaging with the Mission Matters platform or listening to an interview, we're all about bringing on mission-based individuals and having them share their mission, why they do what they do, how they're doing it like what can we all learn and gain and grow together as a community from from that information Uh, if that's the type of content that's interesting or sounds engaging to you or meaningful like hit that subscribe button we have many more mission-based individuals coming up on the line and we don't want you to miss a thing and ken it has been a pleasure Uh, looking forward to our next interview and thanks again for coming on the show hey great to be here thanks for having me adam